you know, with my parents, you know, I, I know I've told you before, when I started having sex, I was 15 <laughs> and I told my parents, I was like, and it's great. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't everybody do this? Like, mom and dad, like y'all do this every day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, dad, you live with yours, man. <laughs> like, you know, y'all do it every night. You know, like, well, not every night. I was like, what's wrong with y'all? Like, <laughs> this would this would stop wars. Like, if everybody, you know, because I'm new to it, you know. I'm like, yo, this would stop wars if everybody would just go home and get busy. Like, that's that was my, you know. thing is um i don't know it's it's something that you just kind of figure out you know and you keep figuring it out um and i feel like you know people like us we had like an unfair advantage being people who work with teenagers Mm -hmm. you know because you know when you have teenagers every day other people's teenagers um it's like you you really see a lot because you're setting them up for what I call like the whirlwind phase of life. Mm-hmm. You know, that time when you finish high school, like your life is fundamentally different because your entire existence, you've done things. Well, for the most part, since kindergarten or maybe pre-K or whatever, you've done things the same way. Yeah. You know, and you even have people, the people who are outside of your house it's pretty much the same people and they are such an important part of your life, you know, but once you leave and you don't have that teacher that you can walk down the hallway to, or you don't have those buddies that you're going to see at those lockers every day that you're going to see in that class, your life is way less regimented, you know, did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I think I said that right. But you know, like all that goes away, you know, Mm -hmm. and that sense of security that comes with, you know, that repetition, that day in and day out kind of goes away. And we're like pushing kids right, you know, I won't say pushing them, but they go right into that stage after they leave us. Yeah, abruptly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. boom, there you go. You know, and that is a part of parenting that's, um, I, I think, kind of difficult. I think for a lot of us, you know, for, for parents, because these are your babies, you know, and you know what it's like, cause you got dropped off that cliff, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, what's waiting for them. And you see a lot of kids like, you know, high school, those kids are between like 14 and 18, maybe 13, you know, depending on when their birthdays are, but you know, between 13 and 18, you got these kids and there are so many conversations that these kids never had with an adult. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many talks, so many things that they're just not even ready for. And they're only set up to learn those things the hard way. And they don't have to, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh man. And you're about to drop them into the whirlwind phase, you know, like something about those late teens and then adjusting into those twenties and then you know, like smoothing out the twenties, you know, and just kind of coasting into the thirties. That's a weird time. It is It's a weird time, man. I don't miss that. At all. Yeah, I'm just starting to wrap it up. <laughs> right. I don't miss that at all, you know. But um, you know, I think about that, you know, and I, I it's like, oh, you gotta have those talks about everything with those kids when they're babies, you know. Because like when they're eighteen, I know I've said this to you before, when they're eighteen, you're not done parenting. Yeah. You know. When when they're when they're twenty eight and thirty, you're still parenting. When they're 40, when they're 50, you're still yes, parenting. parenting doesn't mean having a kid. doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah, they don't <laughs> have know? to be a child for you to be Man. a parent to them. No, yeah. no, you know, and, you know, and, and even like with the whole masculinity and femininity, femininity piece, you know, like, it, it's amazing the clarity that you start to develop, you know, as you get older. But having somebody who's 60 when you're 40, you know, it's invaluable, man. You know, you might be 30 and divorcing, you know, but somebody's 50. It's been there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now you're 35 and you're 40 and you're approaching 45 and things are a little different physically. You know, you're a little heavier now. You know what I mean? Your, your face is turning white. 
or if you still got hair on your head, you know, you know, and things are just different, you know, and somebody's supposed to be like, well, you know what? It's not supposed to be the same. Here's how you deal with that. Mm-hmm. Let's walk into that now, mm-hmm. you know? Oh yeah. Oh, you've, oh, you've got a, well, you've got a kid who's a teenager now, huh? Yeah. I've been there. Let me tell you about it. You know, like that's, that's parenting, you yeah. know, like my sister's got two babies that are going to college up in Wilmington, up in Wilmington, Delaware, like 40, 50 minutes from, from Dover. And they're going to be roommates, which is cool. And she's got another child that's going to Delaware state right there in the same city where they live. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was like, you know, it's real hard because I mean, they're not even going far, but it's hard for me to let them go. And I told her, I said, you know, for years I've been giving parents good advice, you know, about when their kids graduate and all of that. And, you know, you got to let them go. Let them go ahead and do it. And I've always understood to a degree, objectively, why it was hard for them. But um, when Trey was 10, you know, and and he asked his mom to make him a Southern University shirt because he doesn't want to go to Delaware State like his dad. Mm -hmm. Doesn't want to go to Livingstone College like his mama. Like, I want to go to Southern. And I don't think, you know, as a 10-year-old, I don't think he was really aware of what he was saying, totally. But he loves the band. He wants to play trumpet for Southern. I'm like, okay, cool. And I thought at the idea of him, you know, either I drove him down, you know, or, or, or took him to the airport or whatever. But I think the first time I would drive him. But the idea of putting him up in his dormitory and then driving away, made mm-hmm. me almost want to cry, you know? Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. It hits different, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, no. Or or to imagine what that first hug would be like when his plane comes in, you mm-hmm. know, because he's home for the holidays or whatever, for the summer. Like, with that first hug, would, I would squeeze the life out of that little mm-hmm. boy, you know? And it's like, yeah, I've given parents good advice, but there's something else, you know? Um it's not even about being the parent who understands where the teenager is, but it's about being the parent who understands where the parent is of the teenager. So they're better equipped to parent that mm-hmm. teenager. And it's just like mm-hmm. levels to the, it's like, you know, it's like serious. It's like, man, you know, um, and it's even made me rethink, you know, the things that I tell these parents, you know, um, because I, I I see it's like, okay, um, you're going to be next. You know, you're like, nigga, you just a little ways from being on deck. <laughs> you know, like, I, I think I said the, the freshmen, the incoming freshmen this year are going to be in the band with Trey. You know, like, that's it's real close. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's true. real close. You know, like Donovan just graduated. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> you know, so I know how fast it happens. And, um. You know, I got to have the talks, you know, with, with, with my kids, you know. I, you know, and of course, you know, I like to have them with other people's kids, too. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing how many parents, you know, don't know how to get their kids ready, you know, for what's coming, for that whirlwind stage of life. Like It's, it's crazy. And so I think, uh, and, and it's always the oldest kid. I think it always happens with the oldest kid. You don't really know what to do. You know, you got a 14-year-old. And that's your oldest kid. You're a 14 year old as a parent. Like you're, you're a teenager as a parent. That's all, you know, you know, and then that kid's like 18 or whatever, you know, and then you've got another 14 year old. We've been here, you know, um, and then he might get more of the talks, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. than, than the other one, you know, but man, I think people like us going back to the point, you know, people like us who deal with young people all the time, I think we have a really cool advantage, you know, when it comes to dealing with, with our own kids, yeah. You know, whenever that time comes for us to have them, you know, at that age going through. Yeah. Yeah. And I've fortunately uh, taught preschoolers, too. So I've got to <laughs> yeah. look at that at that like two through five mm-hmm. stage and what that looks like, what they tend to go through. Um, and that's tough. That job very much feels like having your own kids um, because you have a, a co-teacher. Um, so it like really felt like me and the other teacher or the two parents yeah. to these children. Like we're dealing with everything. Like we're feeding them, getting them to sleep, sometimes clothing them, playing with them, teaching them, um, having those impromptu lessons when something comes up and dealing with those 
tears of, you know, of whatever they feel like is worth crying over that we don't because <laughs> we're grown. But, you know, the, you know, well, he said this and I didn't like that. And, you know, having to have those conversations of, well, why do you think this way? Bringing these people together. Mm. Um, I've been grateful to have that experience too, to kind of get those tools in my toolbox for when I need to pull them back out later. Even if you don't stick with it, like let's say that's not your career path, like just doing that job Mm -hmm. is so invaluable. Like, like I've, I've learned. So I'm, I think I've learned more from the kids I've taught than those kids have learned from me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. I, um, I always kind of was, you know, I always thought it was cool when a kid be like, yeah, Mr. E, that's, that's like, he's like uncle or he's like a dad or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, these days I choose the uncle, you know. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's easier being, you know, that that I even look older than, than I did, you know, 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's easier now for kids. Oh, he's like, like a dad or whatever. But I choose the uncle, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, like – you hide stuff from your parents. Like kids are used to hiding things from yeah. their parents. Like they don't say, you know, and, and it's always and another. It's normal at that it stage. Is. Yeah, they it should is. be doing that. They're trying and to come into their own. It's another trusted adult. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, <clears throat> I, I didn't really have to hide a lot from my parents though. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I really didn't, you know? Um, and I, I think like parents should stop shutting their children down. You know what I mean? Like when your kid wants to talk to you about everything that they do during the day and it Mm -hmm. turns into a lot, you know, and Trey's like, Hey dad. Yeah. So we're playing Fortnite, and man, will we have the strategy or we did this? Like, really? Okay. Tell me about it. Yeah. And then we did this. Okay. Dad, when I was in school, all right, my teacher said this. And so when I did the math problem, I came up with this way and I figured it out and he thought it was really cool that I came up with that and everything he wants to. And sometimes I don't feel like sitting in and hearing all of it (laughs) because I'm trying to do something, (laughs) but You know, like, I encourage this kid, you know, like, yo, tell me about that. You know, so, because, you know, with my parents, you know, I I know I've told you before, when I started having sex, I was 15. (laughs) And I told my parents, I was like, and it's great. Like, Mm -hmm. why didn't everybody do this? Like, mom and dad, like, y'all do this every day, right? Mm -hmm. Like, dad, you live with yours, man. (laughs) You know, y'all do it every night. You're like, well, not every night. I was like, what's wrong with y'all? Like, <laughs> this would this would stop wars. Like, if everybody, you know, because I'm new to it, you know. I'm like, yo, this would stop wars if everybody would just go home and get busy. Like, that's yeah. that was my, you know, like, let's just do that, yeah. and we're good, you know. Yeah. And my parents were like, they thought it was hilarious. It is hilarious, you know? yeah. <laughs> this is 15-year-old boy telling us what we should be doing, yeah. you know. <laughs> what but, everybody should be doing. Yeah, the whole yeah. world should be doing this. Man, this is great. It was like crack, man. Like everybody should be doing this. And but I was able to say that to them, you know. Um, yeah, dad, I was at school, man. I was in the computer class, man, and this girl, like she sat on my lap, man, and got hard, man. I had to get up and walk and sharpen my pencil and I didn't want to get up, you know, so I put my book in front of you know, he's laughing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we could talk about that, you know. So for the kind of kid that I was, it was weird for me, you know, to find out just how many that most kids actually don't talk to. Yeah their parents about stuff it was like really like really why and they you know? need to yeah, yeah they they yeah. want to and need to talk about those things yeah I've, I've had <laughs> uh, classes before where i just had to drop whatever was like on schedule for that day mm-hmm. because something came up with one or some kids and that had to be explored like mm-hmm. it was it wasn't an option like we gotta yeah. dig through this right um and i've had kids like crying in class mm-hmm. and it's like i remember sitting um one day that this this happened, I remember a particular time, and I remember sitting there while uh, the girl was talking, and her friends are like comforting her while she's talking about mm-hmm. some things she's been dealing through, and other kids are like, "Yeah, that's happened to me too," uh, and like I've dealt with this too, and they're trying to like comfort each other, yeah. and, like, and, and they're like looking up at me while they're saying these things, and I remember sitting there thinking, "These kids trust me to be in this space for them to open up in this way. Mm-hmm. Like they trust I'm not going to shut them down, yeah, covering." Or, Judge them, yeah. And yeah. I remember just sitting there, like, thinking that. Like, this is, like, a big responsibility. And mm-hmm. I'm, like, very grateful that I'm the one, like, mm-hmm. holding it up right now. Because mm-hmm. um, it's necessary. They really, really need that. It's and it's, it's not fair that, like you're saying, some kids feel like they can't mm-hmm. go to their parents. Not just that they don't, because a lot won't mm-hmm. just out of, you know, the fact of being a teenager. 
Um, but a lot of them truly feel like they just can't. And that's a mm. very terrible feeling. It's rough. I, I didn't know that. I really didn't know that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, t- I mean, you know, maybe on TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought that was just mm-hmm. like, you can't say that to your parents, you know. Um, but I think for me anyway, well, no, I, I won't say that, but it, I guess it makes me easy to talk to. Cause I don't think it's weird to, you know, like if a kid yeah. wants to tell me something, I don't think it's weird. You know, I'm, it's always like, like, I remember you coming to me mm-hmm. when you were a kid and I was like, you tell your mom. Yeah. Like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, you know, by then, you know, I was kind of, you know, I was already exposed to it. It wasn't new to me by the time right. you came to me. Right. But, you know, the idea of kids not talking to their parents, I was, you know, well aware of it by then. But it's always the first question I ask. Like, you know, what yeah. would your parents say? You know, yeah. what would your mom say? Oh, you didn't tell Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. So now I know how to go forward with it. Right. You know. Yeah. But, man, that's, you know, but I, I think, for me anyway, I think it makes me easy to talk to, you know, but then understanding that there are so many kids who can't talk to their parents, I think that makes it even easier to talk to me because I understand now mm-hmm. that. So, you know, so if, if, if I was not able to talk to my parents, I think I would want to have been able to do so. Mm-hmm. And I would want to be that for some other kid. I just didn't, going into the profession, I didn't know I would have to be prepared for that. <laughs> yeah. That sounds yeah. silly. It does but. because we know that that's what happens. Right. But on the outside, you don't, those aren't skills that are like, you're no. going to need this one. Like, you're, this is no. going to happen and you need to be prepared for this. No. <clears throat> you yeah. know, areas though, not so personal anyway. Like I had things I could talk to like my band director about that I couldn't talk to my dad about um, because he, because we understood something on a different level, you know, but like things that are like really deep and personal, Um, you know, I could talk to my band director about him talking, you know, particularly college. I could talk to him about it, but I could talk to my dad about it too. You know what I mean? You know, so, it wasn't really any talk that I could have with an older man that I didn't or couldn't have with my dad, you know. That's fantastic. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I came to realize that, like, yo, man, like, I really had it good. Yeah. I didn't know that, you know. But, but like you said with the, uh, like, let's say you're talking about music stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know that they'll understand you on a level right. that your parents just can't because they mm-hmm. don't have that kind of training and right. upbringing. It's the same concept for the deep and personal stuff that other people feel like they can't talk about Mm -hmm. kids who aren't talking to their parents about those kinds of things is because they feel like they won't be met with a level of understanding that's needed right that's what keeps them from doing it right kids don't want to not talk to their parents a lot don't but that's why and you know and they act out in a certain way that Mm -hmm. makes it uh, hard for some people to realize that that's what they're doing right um and it's like no they're just a brat they're being spoiled and they're ungrateful and, you know, whatever. Yeah. And maybe they are coming across in that way, but that's why. Yeah. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a protective mechanism. Yeah. It's not serving them well, but. Not at all. But it's awkward for parents, I guess. And maybe that's what makes parents so hard to talk to, you know, is because so many parents are awkward about things. Yeah. You know. Um, thankfully, mine weren't, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, a lot of parents are just awkward about things. So, you know, I get it, but. You know, yeah, it's <laughs> damn shame. Yeah, um, I, but you know, I can't really relate to it. But um, I've always wondered what is the moment. Like I was watching, <laughs> this is funny. My wife and I were watching Major Pain last night, right? <laughs> Damon Wayans, mm-hmm. and you remember the the one white boy. His name was Cadet Stone, Alex Stone. He was the white boy. He was like, they look like the oldest one in the crew. Mm-hmm. He was like really misbehaving. He showed up late the first day to drill. Yeah. And he was really out a jerk. Out of uniform. Out of uniform. He was really a jerk to pain. And he would not let up. And then the little boy's stepfather showed up and he hit him. He, he hit the, the little boy. And just before he hit him again, because the boy wouldn't salute him. He's like, salute me. I'm your superior. And he was all drunk and everything. It's like, no, I won't salute you. You're a drunk. I don't respect you. You're not my dad. You're my stepdad. Mm-hmm. And he hits him. I said, salute me. And then he raises his hand again in pain, grabs his wrist. 
you know, like, you better not hit that boy again. And he protects the boy and runs the stepfather off. And then you watch the boy, like, change. You know, but that's a movie, and it's obvious. But, like, in real life, those moments have never been obvious for me. Mm-hmm. Like, where a kid, you know, like, where the switch flips on the kid, and it's like, yeah, Mr. E, that's, you know, that's my man. That's He like family. He like, you, I don't, you know, maybe in the life of another teacher, maybe they've seen when that moment happens. But I've never really witnessed the moment. Mm-hmm. And maybe it happens when the kid is at home and they're thinking about something or whatever. But yeah. I've never had a moment where I'm like, yeah, we just connected. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> for me anyway. Yeah. You know, where for the kid maybe it was obvious. I don't think that that's typical for it to happen that yeah. <laughs> overtly <laughs> like right. that. Um, like in, as in movies. I, yeah. The way that I think it does tend to happen, it's more natural. I don't think it could be shown in a movie. It'd be uneventful yeah. and uninteresting. Right. Um, but I, I think it happens little by little mm-hmm. as both parties are vulnerable with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like with me, when I realize, and I, I guess, I don't know what it is that makes me do this. Um, but I'm, I can be very dramatic in the way that I think about things, okay. like very like movie like, Yeah, me where too. I'm like, um. Oh, this is happening this way now, and, 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 I, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I have to stop myself, and I'm like, so that I'm not trying to make it into a, mm-hmm. a certain thing. But mm-hmm. I just sometimes notice things in a way that you would see it in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the best way I know how to say that. Uh, but I've been aware of times where I've realized I'm closer with someone, mm-hmm. or like I'm better friends with someone, or just have a better relationship with someone in general. And most of the time, it's because there's been this long, and it not necessarily has to be, like, lengthy, but, like, it, there's been time taken into getting to know each other mm-hmm. on a deeper level, and each time it's a little more deeper. There's a little, there's another layer peeled back in a, in gotcha. a deeper level of understanding. And there's just a point where it's, like, I'm really comfortable now. Like, I've, I've been this open, they've been this open, mm-hmm. um, and... Now I feel like we're stronger, and right. it's it's not a big aha. Like right. this one thing just happened. Now we're we're super right. close. Like um, yesterday, I I went back to work for the the first time, and one of the women who works there, we only met two weeks ago, where I was there for one week, and then mm-hmm. I was gone for two weeks, and I just went back yesterday. Um, so we don't have like a super close bond. We don't really know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yesterday, she we were just talking and then she goes, Oh yeah, I have something for you. And she walks off from where we were to go get what this thing was. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, what is it? Like, like we're not like best friends or nothing. Like what could you have that you think I want? What did you get for me? <laughs> so, you know, and not in like a butthole way. I'm just thinking like, what is it? What did she get? <laughs> so she comes back and it's a book. Um, and it's a book about uh, psychology. And we had a conversation two weeks ago where it just happened to come up that I was a psych major. Mm, okay. Um, and we weren't, like, talking about it super deeply, but it was just, like, obvious that she was listening when I spoke. Yeah. Something happened at home where she goes, oh, I know someone who would like this. It was her book that a professor gave to her before. Okay. And she said she was cleaning up or moving things or whatever, and she just thought, like, she already read it a couple times and was like, this person would like this. Yeah. That meant a lot. Yeah. And I told her that. I was walking down the hall, and I saw her, and I was like, yo, that meant a lot. Like, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started talking a little bit about reading and, mm-hmm. like, what kind of books we like, like, the story behind the book. Um, and she even, like, told me that I, when I'm done with it, I should give it to someone else who I think would like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that, those kinds of things that show that, like, you're being heard, that you're listening to whoever else, and those layers start coming back up learning who the other person is and understanding why they are who they are because of what's happened in their lives. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's uneventful that those (laughs) kinds of things happen. And that's why they happen the way that they do in movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's over time. And that's why it's important when you're around kids, I think, um, to be open about who you are. Like, of course, while being appropriate, like, Mm -hmm. but you can, I've, I've always believed that you can say anything to and teach anything to any child, you might have to manipulate how you're delivering what you're telling them. Right. Um, and you might have to reshare these stories and, and these lessons so that they're more appropriate to where the child is at whatever point in their life that you're resharing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But you can tell a kid anything. A kid can understand anything. Let me oh, say yeah. it that way. You just have to give it to them in a certain way. You have right. to feed them in a particular <laughs> way. That's um, the magic. You know, you give babies like, mushy food and right. you cut up their spaghetti noodles as they get older and start growing some teeth and learning how to eat right. without choking. And eventually, you know, you trust them to do that for themselves. Here's a fork. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's like that. Because yeah. I've always been like, yo, when did that happen? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, even me and you, I'm like, when did that happen? You know, Peanut butter like, pants. That's what, that's what it was. <laughs> you know, because it was like, okay, it had to been before we watched all them comedy videos. Yeah. No, but that you was know. a part. That was a layer. Yeah, I guess so. Back. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Right. The peanut butter pants was the first <laughs> was the first layer. Because <laughs> for me, it was like, oh, okay, these kinds of things are funny right. to him as well. <laughs> right. like, right. These things are funny to my family. Yeah. He finds them funny. That's interesting. <laughs> Especially where at first, like you weren't ever like scary or like intimidating to me. Right. But you did come across in the way that you were trying to get across when you were much younger and right. first came to the school. And so I saw you in that way. Uh-huh. And so for you to be tickled by yeah. something like pants smelling like peanut butter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, that's why that was so funny to me and that, and that, at that time. And that was, like, one of the first layers pulled back. Got it. And then, the, you know, spending those hours watching the stand-up comedies. Yeah. That's something I had already been doing with mm-hmm. my family. Yeah. Um, and some of those people were people I already watched. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. he likes this, too. So it was right. those, like, moments of sharing and right. seeing how you're the same and in what ways you're different too. Right. Um, but yeah, it was all of those small That's things. That's good. That's pretty good right there. Yeah. Um, like, um, like you're one of those people that kids, you know, like are fond of, you know, like it's like, it's Miss Bowie, man. She's cool. Mm-hmm. Like Miss Bowie. Oh, we got Miss Bowie. Yeah. You know, yeah. and go in the classroom and it's you. Yeah. We got Miss Bowie. You know, um, I, I've noticed that uh, when kids, feel a certain kind of safeness. Um, not necessarily physical safeness, like, hey, Mr. E's going to, you know, beat up somebody if they try to come in here and hurt us. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, I would, but I think, you know, when you consider the likelihood of, you know, some stranger <laughs> coming from the street and making it all the way, way back to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and getting in. You know, and getting in, you know. It, you don't really keep that in the front of your mind. So I just figure it's got to be a dove, uh, another kind of safety, you know, um, that, that people feel it's a you know. it's a um I don't just want to say emotional, mm-hmm. but it, it's the kind of safety where it's like I can be who I am and that's OK. Right. I, that's the best way I can say it, because right. at that point in life, like you're trying to figure out what you like, what you don't like, <laughs> if the likes that you do have are because of yourself or because somebody told you to. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to figure out who you are and what you want out of your life. And it's confusing and sometimes very conflicting. And so when you can be that with whatever it is mm-hmm. and it's okay to do that, that right. means a lot. That's a very <laughs> big part of that stage of life. Yeah. Like to, to us, it, that's not a, that's not at the front of your mind anymore where it's like, well, do I actually like this? Do I actually believe mm-hmm. that? Like we still probably have moments of that, right. but like, it's not the domineering stage, yeah. but it is at that age. I gotcha. So when you can, <laughs> when you can, deal with that and be that and even express it and share it. Cause that's another part of it. But I mean, you can just feel those mm-hmm. feelings of conflict and turmoil and confusion, but do it in a space where you think it's okay to do that. That means a lot. Yeah. Um, I think every kid feels, and I've said this and, um, it's become like a kind of a bait, if you will, like getting kids, uh, in the band, and I just had a, and before I say it, I had this thing, I think it might have been last night, where I realized why I like band as much as I do. <clears throat> just figured it out. Yeah, you've got to tell me. I just figured it out. Yeah. Like, like why I'm such a, a marching band head in particular. The reason has nothing to do with marching band. And I didn't even know that. I didn't even put it together until last night. Like yeah. last night. I was, I think I was like cleaning in the kitchen and um, I was thinking, okay, well, <clears throat> you know, cause I was talking to some people at the school and they were, you know, saying, well, look, man, we're going to get shut down. Like, when do you think, you know, September, October, something like that. I mean, we're not going to make it to the cold months. It's like, yeah, I don't think so either. And so I said, well, 
you think it's wise for me to still have a band camp? And um, and I already had my own thoughts about it, but I wanted to know what somebody else might think. And and I I think I should because I need to be able to connect with the children that I still have in the band and then those who are just coming in because I need those children who are already in the band to do the work of selling it, of sharing it, of, of getting people to feel a part of it. I need those kids to do that. Um, and, and, you know, but I asked him, you know, I asked those guys, you, you think I should have a band camp? He's like, well, you know, it, it's, it'd be some good if you did, if, you know, and if you didn't, you know, no big deal, you know, but nobody said it would be a bad thing. And so, um, I was with, uh, Mr. Gibson, Andy and Tony and, you know, the, the building crew. And, um, I said, well, y'all remember, I told you all last year that we should chill, you know, being that everybody couldn't stay home. <laughs> we should just chill till 22. You know, he's like, yeah, you said that. He's like, uh, I don't remember if it was Andy or Tony. It's like, um, in at least 22. I'm thinking more like 23 or 24. I was like, damn. So if we had to chill and lay low on the band tip and all that until 2024, you know what I mean? Like, how would I would be coming back having to like redo all of it because I wouldn't have anybody. And uh, I was thinking, well, how would I do that? You know, because I'm really, I, I really wouldn't turn into the 29 year old me all over again. I, I don't even have that in me anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I can't even do that. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, how do you do that? And I said, well, how did I get into this? And I got into this because I admired the musicianship of one man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I admired his musicianship so much. This dude could play the organ and the keys and all of that stuff and lay tracks Picked up a saxophone. I seen him get on drums. You know, I heard of the bass lines, and I'm like, damn, like it's crazy. Like, I wanted to be like him. You know, he was just this dude. He would lead the choirs, and you know, I think I told you about. You know, mm-hmm. dude, he'd come up from Southern, and um, you know, I was like, damn, I want to be able to do that. Like, just get behind some shit and just make some music. You know, just make something happen. I want to be a musical force like that, and. And it turns out he was a professor of music, and that's all I knew. I didn't know anything about the band directing anything. It's just like he's a professor of music, plays everything he teaches at Delaware State College, which it was in those days. And I was like, man, I want to do that. That's tight. And then I had already fallen in love with everything about him. And then I saw the band, and it was like, he did that, you know. And it was crazy because even like the chords and stuff sound like what I heard from him at mm-hmm. church. And it was like, yo, that, you know what I mean? That's really what did it. And um, I was like, wow, I had never thought about that. You know, that it was actually one person's musicianship that got me into band where I think I kind of operate in a place where because I have the band and it's rolling and all that, I bring people into the band and I give them this experience that they become a part of. And then they get to kind of see my musicianship, you know, through being in the band. But if I had to start something like really start something, because even when I got here, I wasn't starting it. There was already a band here and just altered it, you know, but I was like, that's what I would do. That would be my way. You know, um, I wouldn't have the kind of time to, you know, sit and play for everybody. But it was just the idea of making music and then finding out that this dude made the band sound like that. You know, mm-hmm. It was like, yo, that's, yeah, that's what I want to do, you know. But it wasn't that I was just naturally a marching band head, you know. It's like it was the idea of music. And I don't know if we do that in our profession. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you look at a lot of kids who are in band just know their band as a band director. They probably never seen him play. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just know him as the person that gets up, reads the score and tells them how the part goes and, you know, um, but never really connect with them, um, as a musician. 
And Marcus said something to me because we've been talking right regular. Like he he's officially a PGCPS teacher now. Mm-hmm. You know, we told him I was real proud of him. And I love, like, how I say about Trey, like, he tells me stuff. He's like, yeah, let me tell you. So mm-hmm. I went down and they, you know, I got my email. So I got my PGCPS email and I got my ID badge. And, you know, I was, sta- <laughs> yeah. I was standing there in the building and, then, you know, and he goes through it. And I just listened to him. I'm like, all right, cool. Tell me about that. And he said something that just really hit very well for me. He said, man, like, I got to tell you, you really prepared us good. I said, what you mean? It's like, when we performed, you never had us perform as just the concert band or just the marching band or just the jazz band. Like you showed us so many ways to express yourself in front of different types of crowds, you know? And I didn't get that when I was in college. I didn't get that before I came to high school. I got it with you, you know, and now I'm ready to give somebody that I'm like, damn, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, That these kids, well, these, these young adults now, (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, still kind of glean from, you know, that that uh, experience, you know, with with their time in the band, like in, in high school band, mm-hmm. you know. Because um, I don't know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I had an experience in the band, but, you know, I couldn't wait to go to college and do something grand finally, you know. Mm-hmm. And then... Life after that, you know, I'd go do this band directing stuff. But, you know, for a kid that you have and, and, and you know, they uh potential span call. Um, and they grow up and they actually look back on their time. They've done four years of college. And they say, most of what I got that I needed, I got it here at home, right here with you. Mm-hmm. You know, now these jokers are going into the game. And now they're going to be doing, like, they... They already got like little bros in the game. Just looking up to them, you know. It was like, yeah, this dude, you know, from wherever, and he plays this. He's gonna be graduating soon. He wants to come down here with us and be a part of the dynasty. Mm -hmm. Word, like, yeah. He saw us when we took the band up to Dell State in 2015, and the dude was not a music major. He just in the band, and he was like, yo, I don't know y'all high school band director, but when I saw your high school band, that's when I decided to be a band director. I'm like, I never even met this young man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so now they making plans. You know, it's like, yo, you need to come here. You need to come to the DMV and come get down with us, you know. And it's yeah. it's cool because, and then you came up in the conversation. Um, and Marcus brought you up. He's like, like LaDonna, she's not even a music major, but she can't outright like everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Nobody can outright y'all. And this is just because of how we were prepared because we got a well-rounded experience. I'm like, well, damn, how's it? Y'all know that. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> and everybody else, you know, they own something else, but, um, man, it, it just feels good. It, it really does. Like, but it is. Um, and, and I really believe like this is objectively what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I was saying before, at that point of, life, of, of kids' lives, when you're in high school, you're yeah. in this stage um, where you're trying to figure out what you like, what things are for you, yeah. how you're going to relate to the world, about, and you know all of that stuff. You do a really, you do an excellent job at showing somebody how something can have meaning for them. Oh, damn! Now you do it through music primarily, mm-hmm. but if somebody's really paying attention, you can mm-hmm. transfer it out of music to something else like I've done. Right. Um, and I was a, a music major for like a second, but you know, right. it's not because I stopped loving music. Cause it was after I changed my degree that I started working at the school. And, right. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Assistant director. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you do such a good job at, at showing how a person can give meaning to something for mm-hmm. themselves. Like you show how things are meaningful for you. Um, but it's it's through that and through the way that you teach and the way that you conduct mm-hmm. that a person can figure out how to do that for themselves too right. if they're paying attention. Because um, you know everyone's not going to get that, but everyone's right. not involved in an experience the same way as other people are. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you do such a good job at that, a person can take that with them into anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be music. And but because I do understand music, I see how that happens too. And 
I've ended up writing the way that I write because I've learned how to take what somebody else said and, and wrote and what that meant for them and changing it so it means something to the people I'm teaching it to and then teaching them how to make that thing mean something right. to them. I guess it, it's, it sounds like a lot, but if you're really paying attention and if that is truly and genuinely where you're coming from, then it happens naturally. But people make the mistake of thinking that when I get to this point of my life, then things will mean something. Or when I get to, to college, like you said, then it'll be a grand experience. Mm -hmm. When I get to this age, things will finally be right. And, you know, people do that their whole lives. I'm mm. assuming I haven't lived most of mine yet, I hope. Right. Um, I hope not. But, yeah. <laughs> 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 but, you know, people do that forever. And, you know, some people don't realize that that's not the thing to do until like at the end. Right. And then they try to teach everybody else not to do that. Right. But it's not about teaching people how to not live their lives. I think it's about teaching people how to make their lives mean something to them, mm -hmm. no matter where they are mm -hmm. physically or emotionally or spiritually. Um, and so chronologically, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. And so, <laughs> yeah, all those things. And so getting to, you know, and it's not till after you've had maybe your college experience or after you've had your kids or after you've gotten married, or after you've bought a car or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. that you realize, oh, that didn't actually mean right. that. Like, that's that wasn't like it didn't happen the way I expected it to happen. Right. Um, but it's because people haven't learned how to make things mean something to them. Mm -hmm. They keep trying to wait till something means something to them. Right. You have to make it meaningful. Yeah. And you've taught that and you continue to teach that. Wow. And so, you know, I've taken that with me outside of music. And, you know, uh, um, Trotter and Roland have taken that with them in music and probably outside of music as well. Mm -hmm. But that's that's what it is. Wow. That's why. That's cool. Um, we do have this thing, you know. Um, I'm, I can, like being a kid, you know, like a teenager or whatever, mm -hmm. you, you have this feeling about, oh, about 25, you know, um, I'm be good, you know. I'll be straight. And you get to your 20s, and you figure, oh, about maybe about 35. You know, you mid 30s somewhere, everything will like gel and fall into place, and like, mm -hmm. and then, and that's it. Mm -hmm. There's no more going up. Like you, you're there, mm -hmm. and then you just kind of coast. Yeah, you yeah. just kind of coast at that point. It's like ah, I can take my foot off the gas, and and that never happens. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> like ever you know like you know you buy your first car you know you buy a house you have kids you you, you sell your house <laughs> mm -hmm. you get divorced you do you know all you go all the way around it you know and you know your kids grow up you're what you know you know yeah. it's it's really like it's what you do like okay this is the best way okay bryce bryce is a uh, proud of him you know, probably all of you. He's he's another one that's old in the head. You yeah. know? Yeah. And he used to call me every day, like his first week of band camp at Southern, like Crab Week. He called me almost every day, more than once a day, because it was hard. Nina hasn't called me once this week. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing she's okay. Mm, she's a tough girl. You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, um, I said, well, you're going to Southern, you know, and I know that's your dream, you know, so I'm proud of you because whatever you're doing, if you're doing it on purpose, you're living the life you chose. And that's what makes me proud. You know, when somebody says, hey, this is what I choose to do like this, like winning for me would be working at or owning the gas station or, you know, winning for me would be. Um, not having a career and just traveling the world and just kind of bumming it my whole life. And just that's, that's the life you chose on purpose. That's dope to me. Yeah, and that's success. And like, I'm proud of that. And so, you know, I want him to know like, yo, you know, like I'm not just probably because you're a band director in the making, you know, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, you chose a path and you were stubborn about it. You know, like then I, he's not, he's not getting any, parts of a scholarship for being in the band really at all i'm surprised zero and it's not because of the musician that he is it's just that they don't, they're broke they don't have you know <laughs> okay. there's, there's just no money for it 
but people, you know, kids go there and they march in the band for for the love of it, mm-hmm. you know, for the experience. And Rice auditioned for Southern on tuba, but I also had him on his audition video play trumpet. I'm like, well, I play this too, and I had him where he was playing keys and another part where he's playing the bass guitar, you know. And it was like, this kid does stuff. He had like a 3.8 or something like that, you know, on a four-point scale. And he didn't have the money for school. Um, He got like his out-of-state fees waived because of his grades, right? And he, uh, in, in the meantime, my, my college band director is in Jackson, Mississippi, you know, right by, by Jackson State. And he's cool with the guys that are on the staff. And he's like, well, look, they're offering full rides to trumpet players. And Price could play trumpet. And he was like, no. And his mom called me. She's like, look, I've been trying to tell Bryce, you know, he can just go there. They have marching band there, too. I mean, of course, she doesn't really get it either, mm-hmm. you know, you know, because he wants to be educated a certain way. So I understand that. But he was stubborn about it and was like, no, this is my path. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to go this route. I'm going to do it. And the dude is doing it, you know. So what's going to happen to you when you get there? You're going to get there and you're going to say, you're going to be excited. When you get to town, wow, you know, I'm getting close to the campus, you know, like, wow. This is, and you're going to see the signs that say to go there. And you're like, wow, this is Southern. And you're going to come across the bridge and you're going to see it. And you're like, wow. And you're going to turn right onto the, to the yard and you're going to be like, oh, well, this is this is mm-hmm. this is Southern. Okay, uh, wow. And the fact that it becomes lackluster to you is actually going to make you excited all over again. The fact that it's not you know the Emerald City like it was in your head, and what you do when you start to see yourself in it, you know, when you're there long enough, you you know what I mean. Like when you see yourself in something, you can look at something and kind of see you in it um once you do that you're going to realize that the people there are people just like you mm-hmm. you know when when the clouds come clouds don't drop eighth notes they drop water just like everybody else you know <laughs> like it's nothing different there i said but that starstruck feeling that you're going to have at first you got to realize that they created it for themselves they created that that thing that makes you say, wow. And you don't have to wait until you finally, you know, wear the uniform or you finally graduate or, or you have the money in your account. You can actually, whatever that is, this is just on what you said. You can be that now, you know, mm-hmm. um, if you want to, you know, just like they have this thing where everybody's like, wow, it's them. You know, like they're celebrity. They created their own celebrity. You can create your own celebrity, you know, whether that's with your band program or just with your musicianship or with your whatever, you know, just your, your, your personality, just what you have to offer in talking to people, you know, your wisdom, whatever you can create that yourself, which reminds me, I want to talk to you about how we <laughs> deal with, um, you know, the reels and all that, because I got okay. it, but yeah, yeah, I'm better yeah. talking to you in your face. Yeah. Um, but you create that yourself, you know what I mean? And, you know, when you think that way of yourself, when you think that you're deserving of it, you know, and you could put that kind of value on what you have to give, you're good. But I think we want other people to give it to us, you know. Yeah. And that's what, you know, kind of coming back to the kids. Um, Nobody's really given. There are a lot of kids. Nobody's given them anything like that. No validation at all. You know, and I think. Validation is like a bottle. As a parent, you feed them and you wean them off of it because you want to teach them to hold the bottle themselves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, they become dependent on you to, yeah. you know, after a while, you know, you got to be holding that joker and you got to feed it yourself. You know, mm-hmm. you got to feed yourself that. Um, so do you think that um, you said that, you know, people are waiting for someone else to give them mm-hmm. that, you know, that all? Um, do you think that's out of laziness, out of fear? Like, what do you think that not stems knowing, for that not knowing, knowing how, any better. how to do it? Oh, yeah, okay. not knowing any better. Um, I think that's it. Because we are so used to giving it to other people. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's the way we think it should go. You know, or we see other people give it to other people. And when we don't see other people give it to us, then we just figure we're just not deserving of it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, I must not be one of the chosen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I've watched people, like, with no ability <laughs> to do anything, like, really create a following around themselves. Like, I mean, in real life, I mean, I, I mean, people who aren't even all that attractive or, you know, skilled in any, you know, remarkable way mm-hmm. or anything i've just watched people you know really put themselves on display in such a way that people really buy it because everybody wants to believe in something or somebody that's all and and we gotta teach kids how to do that you know and if they did i think um we'd have less issues with you know teenagers you know and their issue you know kids are always gonna have issues because they're trying to figure things out but i think um a lot of the things that are done just to receive attention, you know, to to test the boundaries or to see what works and what doesn't work and all that. A lot of because we don't really teach kids how to have it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's because we were kids that weren't taught to have it for themselves, who were raised by kids who were never taught <laughs> to have it for themselves, you know. Um, but it's amazing, like, how all this stuff we're talking about is really, it's, it's like a ball, you know, like, a ball doesn't really have different sides. It's just it's just a surface of the same. You know, it's just one. You know, because it's a sphere. It's yeah. not like it's a, a cube and you got this side and that. It's just you know. So it's just <laughs> it's the same thing. You know, it's amazing. Like just how that stuff kind of like really really runs yeah. together. Yeah, everything does that. Yeah, and I've I've intentionally practiced taking what something means and applying it to other stuff. And, you know, coming to realize, oh, it's kind of the same thing. Oh, that's kind of the same thing, too. Oh, well, this is the same thing, too. <laughs> um, and that's actually relieving because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's not all this stuff I have to figure out. It's all the, it's all the same thing. Okay. All right, right. So let's work on this and, you know, we'll see how that all branches out. Mm-hmm. It's very relieving. Mm-hmm. Drops mm-hmm. off a lot of stress. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I think as long as people – <clears throat> start doing that kind of work on themselves first. Yeah. Everything else is naturally just gonna right. Happen, you know, the teaching children properly, the uh, balancing out the masculinity and femininity, and yeah. you know, and your relationships, and um, you know, all that stuff's gonna work. You just gotta do the work on yourself. And that's the thing I didn't say. You know, I was like, well, before I say that, I was talking about what baited kids to ban. Oh yeah. Like after you yeah, said yeah. everything you said about you know showing meaning, um, and teaching people how to find meaning. I believe that every kid between the age of like, I could probably start really early. You know, I was going to say between like 13 and whatever, but, um, but I'm just saying every kid, I think inside them and even adults, I think have this. um, And because you kind of shed it after a while. um, Well, I, at least I did. We have this thinking um, as kids that, um, and I, I might've said this when you were in the band, how many of you in here think that way on the inside, you speak a language that nobody else understands. Do you remember me saying that? I used to say that vaguely that you speak a language that nobody else understands. Like Mm -hmm. if you really said it and you know, the way that you think it, if you really spoke for yourself, you know, as it regards you and everything around you and how you relate to it, that if you really said it without a filter, nobody would get it but you. How many of you feel that way? And kids raise their hands, you know. You know, you might have one, and they look around, and before you know it, everybody's hand is up. It's like, yeah. And um, how nice would it be to be understood in your language? You know, you start looking around, yeah, yeah. I've, I've said this a lot, you know, and... I say, you know, what's really cool about this, talking about the band, is that we all speak that language here, you know. And in speaking that language, you can actually be not only respected for it, but rewarded for it and have rock star status in this building. (laughs) That's how I sell it, you know. That's Mm -hmm. part of it anyway. Mm -hmm. But, um, and and I think doing that, I think that's why we have the kind of kids that we have. I mean, for the most part, you're going to have every kind of kid 
that you have at your school in the band, you know, for the most part. But there's one type that seems to like really outnumber all the, especially in more recent years. Mm-hmm. You know, we have those kids. You know, the um, I'm trying to think how I was watching Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. um, when you know the movie, and um. The dude was talking to them. He was like, so how is Queen different from any other group of wannabe rock stars? And they were all looking at each other like stumped. And Freddie says, I'll tell you what it is. Like without even thinking, he's like, I'll tell you what it is. We're a bunch of misfits who don't belong together. And we're singing to all the other misfits in the back of the room who aren't sure that they belong there. We belong to them. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's good. I'm taking that. You know what I mean? Because um, I think that's what it is. You know what I mean? Not that everybody in the band is a kid that second guesses themselves and feels like, well, I need to find somewhere to fit in. I'm not saying that. But, you know, it, it is, I think it is a space for the kids that, um, like you said, aren't necessarily the athletes, you know, who, play, who pick up a ball. You know what I mean? Because not every kid can play ball. You know what I mean? Like, like my hardwood game sucks. You know, I always got picked because I could jump. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah, if you get lining in open court, he's going to dunk. But, you know, MF can't shoot. You know what I mean? So I was never, like, in, in my D was strong. But, you know, then you got kids that like football that don't want to play because they don't want to get hit. That's cool, too. You know, and you got some kids that are just musical, and they want to express that. You got kids that want to show off. And you got kids that, you know, I might have been all of those. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It might have been all of those, like just rolled up into one kid. You got a kid that always wants to win, that doesn't want to take a chance on losing. There's an upside and a downside to that too, you know. Because um, if you never lose, oh man, that's. I I felt kind of bad when when Boucher got to college. Well, they all went together. Mike Boucher, Gucci, all of them went up to Dell State together, and they got smashed by Morgan State. And he called me. And you could hear the, I don't even know the word, but you could just really hear it, that he was crushed. He was like, Mr. E, we took it L today. I've never lost before. and This feels horrible. And in a way, I felt like a compliment, like, man, we've held this up for a long time. And at the same time, it's like there's an area of life I hadn't prepared them for. You know what I'm saying? Um, not that I want the band to go out and take no L's, but I had never even talked to him about losing. You know what I mean? Like versus the kid who does play on the team but takes an L. And it's like I've been to the top and I've been to the bottom. I know what it feels like. Mm. You know, and I know what it feels like to get stomped completely. I know what it feels like to bring home a ring. You know, um, I feel bad about that. I never prepared them for that. Yeah. You know? Um, and I have to, and I have in myself, I got to think of a way, you know, to like prepare them for, Hey, you're not always going to, sometimes it's not going to come out the way you want it to. And that's okay. Yeah. You know? Um, but I had always prided myself on the fact that it was like, all right, well, no matter what happens at the game, I mean, we going to come out of there feeling like the top dogs because we got this band thing sold up, you know, and that's cool. But, you know, that let me know that there's a part of the experience. There's some part of the the prep for life experience that's missing. You know, even like I say, even food don't go out and take an L. There's something they've got to understand, you know, like like subjectively just get in and feel. I don't know what that is yet, you know, but they have to be able to feel that, you know, because he was devastated. <laughs> like you could really hear it. I, I've never felt like this. I don't know what to do right now. He didn't want to play in the band no more. He wasn't sure if he wanted to. You know, it was just like, it was rough. And I felt terrible. <laughs> like, you know, and I'll be honest, in the moment, I felt terrible because I felt sorry for him. I didn't feel like I had failed him. I just felt like, I'm just that tight. I'm sorry. And then you got to get used to just rolling with sorry niggas, man. You know, that was, <laughs> you know. You know, there's some niggas out there that's sorry, man. They're going to let you down, dog. Like, that was really how I felt, you know. And I'm going to say within, like, maybe the last year, since we've been sitting still, 
you know, it's like, man, it's up. Like, I missed something, you know. Like, there's a, there's a, there's a grace, um, there's a, uh, I don't even want to say humility, but there's something else, you know. There's something akin to humility that, that, that they're gonna have to have in order to successfully navigate every nuance, you know, of life. Every place is gonna take you, you know. Um, and I still don't know what that is yet. You know, it, it'll, it'll be, it'll show up. It does, you know, and it'll be the right thing to do at the right time. But, and then maybe I just need to talk to him, you know, maybe, cause I've never wanted to talk about losing. Like, now, nah, nigga, we need to talk now, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I could still prepare them without really talking about being a loser. But yeah, that, when I really thought about it, it had been sometime last year, it just like really stung me. Man, I gotta do better, so that you know, so they can find meaning, like you said, even in those moments. I think it's true that kids feel like there aren't a lot of people who get them. You know, I feel like that, like because I've said that in my musicianship class. How many of you here believe you speak a language that nobody else really speaks quite the way you do? And if you spoke it, nobody would get it. You know, thus making yeah. things harder for you. You know, you got to figure that one out. I, I got to yeah. figure that one out. Because it's times when it doesn't work. Figure out why so many kids feel that way? Or how to... How to prepare them. For to kind of experience For the peaks and valleys. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's one... That's one thing that the experience... The kids get out of sports. That's one thing that they do get to understand. Or even the kids that play in the bands that go up against us. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, remember we went down yeah. to Gwyn Park uh, which, which time? in 2018. Uh, and they did the gym battle. Yes. And man, we was busting. Like we bust everybody, you know. It was four of us there, wasn't it? You talking about that time? It was three. It was us, Gwyn Park, and Crossland. Okay, yeah. What was four? What, what was that? No, it, I... I I was just trying oh. to imagine everyone in the corner. Okay. But I remember it now because they were here and we yeah. were sharing this. Four was situation. at our house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know. But and, I remember the time. Because <laughs> like, that, that was the time I forgot to uh, ready up the band. Did and you? It was just so funny I to think me. I forgot that. No, and I looked over at you and you were cracking up too, but I found it funny too. Okay. It was like, oh, oof and burst. Oof and burst. So you just got up like, one, no, two. Is no, that what yeah, you did? I, I called out the song and then started counting oh, okay. And Tevin was like, and I saw his face and realized I hadn't ready oh, up like, them. I oops. realized all everyone's horns are still down. It was yeah. like, all right. Herb, get them up. Get them up. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, I feel like, you yeah. know, hey, we smash them jokers. And I'd be like, you know, if you're a parent mm-hmm. and your kid is in the other band, what do you say to your kid? You know? Because, you know, if if you're if you're a parent, I'm not even going to do no disclaimers to say. I'm not trying to say. No, forget all that. Like, if your band plays up against it, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. <laughs> this is what it is. Because the your kid's band hasn't given you the kind of experience that we're going to give you. It's just, it's just what it is. You know, like, they're going to come out and they're going to give you what you call aggression in a way that you haven't seen children do it. And, it's gonna, and they're going to give you some sound and volume that you're not used to. And it's, it's going to shock even you. And so your kid's taking an L, okay? So if you're on it and you're watching it happen, so the car ride home, what do you say? Oh, man, honey, you guys did a great job. You are, man, yeah, okay, you're proud of your kid. But you know Mm -hmm. that your kid knows that, you know, that you know that they took an L. Your kid knows that you know this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you don't want to be there. In the car, saying, "Man, that Largo, my God, damn! Oh, you you don't want to do that, yeah. You know, but you know, the one thing that those kids have over our kids is that they know what that feels like, you know. And I've had kids from other schools, you know, like like especially after they graduate, like, man, I went to Flowers, Mister E, and man, we saw y'all at you know at that parade and see Pleasant, man, man, y'all gave it to us." Man, I felt like, oh man, thanks, man. But y'all, y'all were straight, you know. It's not even like on some yeah no more, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, y'all gave it to me. Y'all marching band, man. Y'all be, y'all got it, you know. And 
and that feels good. But it's like, man, those kids know what it's like to marvel at something that's on your level, on your age level, where my kids don't know what that's like, you know. And so it's like, I got to do a better job. Like, I got to take them somewhere else. You know, I got to put them in front of them big bands in the South or something. They say, like, we ain't, you know, we got to step our thing up, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, this last band we had before the pandemic, that would have been the perfect band to take down South. Mm-hmm. The band that played the box. Yeah. <laughs> that had been the perfect band. Yeah. Make oh no sense goodness. band. Yeah. That had been the perfect band yeah, to take down there. Man, yeah. You know, and get them down there. And because they were doing it. I was really proud of what they were doing. But to put that band in front of those kids down there and make them feel like, yo, we got to work harder. You know, I, I got to give them that. Otherwise, I make them feel like, you know, like they Jordan. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? But. They just been playing a bunch of bums, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, um, I don't know. I just it's crazy because I know I got so much more to do. You know, as much as this summer, I said I just been chilling like like an entertainer. I know when I go back in, I really got to go back in like yeah. hard. Um, it's, it's made me question whether or not I really want to do it. You know, like honestly, like I've I've said. Like, if all my stocks and all my crypto, like, take off, I'd just be like, man, I'm just going to chill at the crib, man, you know? What do you think you'd do? Without really putting a lot of thought into it. Without thinking about it, I think I'd stay with it because um, I got kids, you know, who are still in school, and I like being in the system, you know, while I have kids who are in school. And So the decision wouldn't be based off of you and what you want? Yeah, just the first thing I thought of. But I enjoy it, you know? And then the other part is, it's a challenge I got in front of me. And I haven't had a real one in a long time, you know. <laughs> like, really, I haven't had a real challenge you know, in a long time. So I need this.